Hi beautiful people, welcome back to Flick Talk with your favourite hosts, Fee and Belle. I'm Fee. And I'm Belle. And today we are going to be diving into You've Got Mel, one of the iconic movies starring, of course, Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. But before we get into that, we have two very special guests. Um... The lovely Carla and Meg from Bed Wed or Behead Podcast. Hi. <laughs> Yay. Hi. <laughs> That's yeah, why we just said. call ourselves boobs. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sorry. So we should preface this that like we have a chain going which is called Flick the Boobs. So hashtag yes. flick the boobs. Get it trending. <laughs> I love that no one is gonna have an idea of what that means. Um, zero No, zero no they're gonna be like, What what is that? <laughs> Tends to be how I go through life. Um, so, like, do you guys want to just pref- like give us a little info about you and your lovely, lovely, entertaining podcast? Mm-hmm. I'd be Take happy to. Thank you so much for. First of all, thank you for for inviting us on. We yes, are so excited. And yes, and so our podcast, but what are ahead? It is the um, the non-threatening um, way, I guess, of, you know, the FMK It's game, so Apple Podcasts any... will let us put our title. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, That's true. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. They don't let us say um, fuck in the title. So it started... No. Not generally. Um, so it started because Meg and I, in our many years of friendship, will just play this game in our in our messages. And we'll just message each mm. other about, you know, like a movie or just, a, you know, whatever trio of characters. And then we decided, okay, well, we're in a pandemic. We're not going to be seeing each other in person anytime soon. Let's mm-hmm. have weekly dates. And, you know, it can be a happy hour and we can play the game. Mm-hmm. And we can record Ooh. it and, you know, voice it on the entire world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that. That's amazing. It's about friendship and world domination. Exactly. <laughs> the two most important tools in life. Exactly. And that's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> Taking over the world. One boob at a time. Uh, yes. One boob at a time. <laughs> and you need two boobs. <laughs> so there we there go. There you go. Okay, so Belle, do you want to take it over? Yep, yeah, so I'll I'll get straight into it. So I'll dive into the summary. So, um, you've got Mail is a nineteen it's it's a 1998 American romantic comedy, um, which is directed by Nora Ephron and um, stars Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan, like I mentioned earlier. It tells the story of two people in an online romance who are unaware that they are also business rivals. A struggling boutique books, bookseller, Kathleen Kelly, hates Joe Fox, the owner of a corporate F- Fox Books chain store that just moves across the street. When they meet online, however, they begin an intense and anonymous internet romance, oblivious of each other's true identity. Eventually, Joe learns that the ench- enchanting woman he's involved with is actually his business rival. He must now strugg- struggle to reconcile his real-life dislike for her with the cyber love he's come to feel. Do we think, think that so. is accurate? I, I, that is quite uh, accurate. I also yeah. love how different that description in this movie <laughs> hit in 1998 versus now. Where now it's like, everyone is like, yeah, an online dating? Psh, we all do that. Whereas in like 1998, it was very like... <laughs> like yeah. It was... 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, like that was the automatic, the automatic <laughs> assumption is that anyone who's going to date someone or yeah. talk to yeah. someone online must be crazy. <laughs> and meanwhile... But it's right. so funny because in the movie we see the article about when True. they think that he hasn't shown up. And they're, yeah. they're like, oh, he's a murderer. The rooftop killer. Yeah, that's what I was... Yeah. yeah. I know. I love how serious they think it actually is. And that, like, he's the only man in New York. That, he, like, he was busy. He was couldn't make so it a bit too busy. Because killing people. Like... <laughs> Um, so as 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 Belle mentioned, it was directed by Nora Ephron, a personal literary hero of mine. Um, she I, we so we did an episode with Erin yes. um, uh, from at, it's a fandom thing pod, and she, we did when Harry met Sally with her, um, and we yeah so of course that was like written by Nora Ephron as well, and we we're just kind of fangirling about Nora Ephron. Um, if you don't know, she's written one of the best novels novels i think it was yeah it was a novel um it's kind of semi-autobiographical um it's one of my favorite novels of all time it's called heartburn and it's just beautiful and heartbreaking um if you want to cry <laughs> or if you want to get a book that makes you cry please read that book it is amazing um so it was um directed by Nora efron but written by Nora efron and delia efron um who is i think her older sister or younger sister i'm not sure um and they basically just kind of came up with the concept um, of this movie um, of, uh, around a play called Perfumery, which Belle will go into more detail. Um, but it's, I think it's like, um, overall it's kind of cultivated from a lot of influences, um, which Belle will elaborate okay, on. So, so You've Got Mel is based on a 1937 Hungarian play called and Parfumery, which was written by Miklos Laszlo and was later remade into um, The Shop Around the Corner. That was, um, and that was a movie, a 1940 movie by Ernest Lubitsch. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, and um, in 1949, it was then adapted into a, a movie musical called In the Good Old Summertime by Robert Z. Robert Z. Leonard. Then in 1963, it was adapted into a Broadway musical by Jerry Bock and Sheldon Harnick. And um, You've Got Mail updates the concept with the use of email, of course, and the lead character's workplace is named The Shop Around the Corner. Um, and that's basically a nod to the 1940 film. And Which is a great movie. Oh, really? If you guys haven't yeah. seen The Shop Around the Corner, it's Jimmy Stewart. I love it. If you if you like older yeah. movies, you should. Oh, cool! Check it out. It's very yeah. cute. Is it similar? Is it? Does it? Is, are there any similarities? Do you think? It's been a long time okay. since I've seen it, but it it tends to have the same mentality of kind of enemies yeah. to friends to lover, right? Those same tropes. Um, but it's just it's it's a I haven't seen it in probably twenty oh, yeah. years, but it's a really good movie. I really I really, I really enjoyed like it. Uh, Margaret the Sullivan Shopping. and Jane, oh, Jimmy Stewart. That's cute. cool. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like it's that. Cute. It's quaint. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually thought um, it was a bookstore and then It's a bookstore I wanna go to So probably not feasible and I thought it was like I thought it was like serendipity, <laughs> like where they actually like have a little like shop and like a whole business dedicated to it, but Oh well. 
Mm. Yeah. Wishful thinking. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it also has influences from Jane Austen's um, Pride and Prejudice, um, which can also, yeah, which can also be seen in the relationship between Joe Fox and Kathleen Kelly. And um, there's actually a reference that they point out by um, the main characters in Pride and Prejudice, which is um, Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth Bennet. And um, there's a joke that Tom Hanks makes about the little girl who, in in the beginning, we find out is his aunt. And that's Mm -hmm. actually a joke taken from Israel's Zangwill story, which is called A New Matrimonial Relation in the Bachelors Club, which was from 1891. So it's been, it's had a lot of remakes. Yeah. Well, well I, I love that it made, it does make so many references to books. Yeah. Which I think is, which is fantastic yeah. considering mm-hmm. it's about yeah. bookstores. But I will watch any adaptation or iteration of Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, same here. <laughs> like, without, I, this is I true. even like unironically <laughs> love Austin Land. Mm. Which, yeah. Sense and sensibility is like a gem. And I so I mean it is on Netflix if you want to watch it. It's got a really cute young I on. what I love so much about that is that they told Emma Thompson that she could not play Eleanor because she was too old. They wouldn't yeah. cast her. So she was like, Fuck you guys, wrote it herself. <laughs> And she What's made up, it all bitches? herself. Yeah, just like rolls <laughs> And up. she's the most yeah. believable Eleanor. I see other versions of it, and I'm like, she's so young. Yeah. Like, oh well, that makes sense. Oh, I love. Oh, I love Emma Thompson. She's like a Tom Hanks equivalent. Yes, yes. Yeah. I would let both of them control me. Didn't? Yes. Did, was she <laughs> oh, the yeah. candidate? No, that wasn't her. But I would let her. <laughs> I feel like they would control me and make me take my vitamins every day. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, she'd also like, but she's, I feel like she'd be one of those celebrities who's like, you, you could have a really good like conversation over a drink with her. Like she's just like yes. go to town and like, I don't know. I think she'd be like, yeah, she'd be an amazing drinking pal, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nanny McPhee. She's yes. she plays Nanny McPhee, doesn't she? With Colin yeah, Firth, who's does. another yeah. one of another actor I would yes. yeah. in, in a different con- in a different context. Like. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. We we all we we were all thinking we were all thinking that in the back of our minds. <laughs> but um boom. Um so I'm just gonna touch a bit about the music. Um, personally loved the first song that came on Dreams by the Cranberries it's kind of sad now when you listen to any song by the Cranberries Um, but yeah so the score to the film was written by English composer George Fenton so he's I think like written music for over a hundred movies he's actually like won a couple of Academy Awards I think um, for Gandhi which was with forgetting the name now oh okay it's it's gone now um uh the crucible um the object of my affection and very recently um lady in the in the van um which starred maggie smith that's her name um but yeah so the um soundtrack composed of much 
like pop, classic, uh, jazz classics as well, um, including Louis Armstrong, the dummy song, um, Stevie Wonder, <laughs> Sign Sealed, Delivered I'm Yours, um, Sinead O'Connor, I guess the Lord must be in New York City, that was a fun one. Um, Carol King, anyone at all from, I think, one of her best albums ever, Tapestry. Um, <laughs> and obviously, um, You Made Me Love You by Jimmy Durante. Um, I, I think I, I liked Dreams, I think. Well, I was really surprised because I didn't remember that Dreams was in the soundtrack. Um, but again, I think this is a really Nora Ephron thing where she... Um, we mentioned this in our episode with when Harry met Sally as well. Like she, she makes sure that the soundtrack is very in sync to the seasons and to the like love story um, in the movie. So especially like the during the Christmas scenes, during the New Year scenes, um, even like the fall bits. I think she's like this is why I think it is one of my favorite movies because the soundtrack and the story are so in sync and it just kind of. I don't know. I think it just reinforces the romantic factor of the movie. There's just something always so charming about that. Um, so, ladies, did you have a favorite song in the soundtrack? Mm, oh, sorry, yeah. go on. Sorry. No, no, it's all right. Um, for me, it's really hard to choose a favorite song from the soundtrack because the soundtrack is so solid. It is one of those few soundtracks mm. that I can listen to on repeat and not skip anything because there's it's just yeah. packed with all of these goodies and one of the things that I love mm. best about it is that it's a lot of yes, older songs like I think maybe the Cranberry song was one of the more yeah. current songs and everything else Recent, yeah. went decades back and it fit both the aesthetic yeah. and the the pacing and the directing of the film so perfectly it was it was just yeah. especially you know when, when they're doing the, the dummy song yeah it just mm, in the right spot yeah. it feels so right but if i had to pick one song it would be the yeah. song by harry nelson that song is so much fun <laughs> and yeah. it's one of the songs yeah, that i sing to 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 my son for um for bedtime until he got really sick of it he was like i don't like that song anymore mommy and i was like too bad because it's one of the few child-friendly songs that i know but it's definitely <laughs> a sentimental favorite it, it's it's just so, so pure and sweet <laughs> and you know it um yeah. when it switches from from being about a puppy to being about a friend and your heart kind of goes yeah. hey, i just want you to have a friend too and go have tea just like heavy them. crying yes exactly like you're just tearing my, my heart i'll be your friend i'm not a puppy but i'll be your friend we can go adopt a puppy together it's okay um, and I'm gonna have to say Aww. I agree with Carla. I, I yeah, about exactly. there being so many good songs yeah. on the soundtrack. It's, this was actually I actually bought the soundtrack on <laughs> really CD good. back oh, in the day um, because I just I loved it so much. Uh, my favorite is gonna have to be, and it's for a similar reason to Carla. Um, I used to sing "Over the Rainbow" to my daughter. Yeah, wow! And it's just one of my favorite songs. Um, mm -hmm. And this is actually one of the few, um, can't even think of the word, yeah, adaptations of it, there we go, that yeah. I like, because I tend to not like covers a whole lot, um, but this is one I like, this one in the Israel, what's his last name? Yeah. 
the the luau one with the ukulele version. Either way, um, hmm. <laughs> but I can't remember his name because it's oh, yes, and I can't um, yeah. say it because there's a lot of letters. I know, it. yeah. He's got <laughs> My the curly hair, and <laughs> yes. This is see. This is what happens. I've been married yeah. for too long. I count on my husband too much when yeah. I'm like, you know, that version with the the ukulele, and he's like, and he'll just say the whole thing, and I'm like, yeah, that, yeah. He takes care of it for me. <laughs> Finish a sentence. Bell, I would have to say over the rainbow too. I think, yeah. I think, yeah, I think for me, Dreams and Over the Rainbow, just because for me, those were the most, mm. I think those are the ones that over the years I've just heard over and over again, yeah. even, it's still really current, even now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you still hear it. So I think, for me, those are the ones that I know, I really know, so I'd stick with those. Yeah. Yeah. I would say Anyone At All is really good as well, just because I really love that album from Carol King and... It's just an amazing album. Well, and signed, sealed, delivered, um, I'm yours. Uh, Stevie, oh gosh, Stevie yes. Wonder yeah. is yeah. a treasure. Um, yeah. I think part of what makes these work so well is so many of these songs really are timeless in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. Like yeah. Car- Carlo talked about how old they were oh, yeah. when this movie was made. And it's still, yeah. they don't they don't feel dated. They feel yeah. very yeah. fun. Yeah. I agree. I agree. It's not like hearing the thong song yeah. now. <laughs> no, I don't want it. Oh, Take no. it back. Take it back. Take it away. Can you imagine like a reimagining? Like you're of about to end this meal right now. Not even Tom Hanks can no. save that. <laughs> We're done. This this call's over. We'll finish talking about you've got mail without you. <laughs> It's okay. They will re-record it in a softer version with like piano and like very softly sung. Yes, the romantic thong scene. I actually. I, I mean, where would they put it? Yeah, exactly. Like, when they meet yes, in the exactly. park, obviously. Exactly. After how long oh. been on a dating? Can you just imagine a soft yeah. thong, 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 as he's saying, "Don't cry, shop girl. Yes. Don't cry." <laughs> and Brinkley's just by his side. Brinkley's, Brinkley's just enjoying the music. And then the crescendo. Let me see that booty go. The crescendo with the violin. <laughs> yes. I think we just yes. I, we somehow made somewhere Tom Hanks. Right we somehow made you that meal right better. There. Yeah. We created a classic. Uh, yeah, Nora. I mean, it's kind of the end of the movie, so I don't know how much. Yes. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Again, off track. Exactly. What's, it's so funny you say Wait, that because. You've got thong. You've got a thong. Oh, okay. got a, yeah, this is there how we, we were making it. It's you've oh, got thong, and Kathleen, one. instead of owning a bookstore. You've got thongs. Yes, thong. thongs. Instead of owning a bookstore, she runs a business of. That, you know, where people thongs. buy panties. Oh, <laughs> oh that's a spin. I wouldn't want. Um, what's that guy's name that works there? Oh, I forgot his yeah. name. I remember brings the newspaper. George. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't feel comfortable with George working no. in my oh, store. I wouldn't I feel comfortable with Steve Zahn working in my store. No. <laughs> yes. Oh, he's like, yeah. <laughs> I know you love him. 
hey, he's you, you there leave for, like, my beloved Steve characters. Zahn alone. Like, I think that is his niche. Like, I've only ever seen him in, like, I weird roles. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I th- yeah, and it's like, yeah. Honestly, I, feel, I think yeah. George might that, be the I, most normal, sure well-adjusted him. guy that he's That's just, like, the catch of his personality, and, like, that's who Which he is. is. So, Probably, yeah. No, he, he has a movie with Paul Walker and uh, jo- Joyride. And oh, that's God. that's a serious well, one. So they run yeah. basically. There's a truck driver of Trace and after them, yeah. And they play brothers. <laughs> yeah. Never watched. Yeah, that. that's a yes. good one. Yeah. I always confuse yeah. Paul Walker, Walker, and I can't remember the actor's name with the that's guy. That's a good who, movie. Stifler. Yeah. Sean oh, William Scott. Uh, is that uh, it? Yes. 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 Uh, From yeah. I mean, I don't confuse <laughs> them anymore for obvious reasons. R.I.P. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> How dare you? No, but I do see the similarity. I think it's the jawline, maybe. I don't it know. is. I don't know. Maybe. They're kind of tall, attractive oh white guys. So I feel like that's... There we go. The cast. So we've got Tom Hanks, of course, as Joe Fox. We've got Meg Ryan as Kathleen Kelly. There's uh, Katie Sargona as the young Kathleen Kelly. And Parker Posey as um, Patricia Eden. Um, John Stapleton as Birdie, Dave Chappelle as Kevin, Steve Zahn as as George, and um, Dabney Coleman as Nelson Fox. We've also got Greg Kin Kin Kinnear 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 as yeah Kinnear yeah Greg Kinnear as Frank Frank Navasky. Um, there's Heather hey. Burns as Christina, John Round Randolph as Shyla Fox, Shulia Fox. And um, Deborah Rush as Veronica Grant, um, Haley Hirsch as Annabelle, um, Sarah Mar- Sarah Sarah Ramirez as Rose the Cashier, Cara Seymour as Gillian Quinn, and um, Jeffrey Scuppard Rota as Matt, and finally Catherine Maisel as Cecilia Kelly. And I thought I recognised the cashier. As Sarah, um, Sarah Ramirez. Yeah, here we go. Take a shot. Guys, Grey's Anatomy. I love Grey's. There we go. Guys. <laughs> yes. I, Gre- Shonda Rhimes can do no wrong. She cannot do any okay. wrong. No, I, I love her. Yeah. And when I, rec- the first time that I was watching ER and she came on, I was like, oh, it's the cashier. <laughs> and I was so excited, like unreasonably excited. But I do want to mention that that list of notable actors mm. and characters leaves out the best Hollywood. Oh my god! <laughs> as the inept oh, okay. bookstore assistant in the, yeah. the Fox. Book That's why he had oh, to yeah. go into acting. That's baby yeah. Christmas. He was terrible. In, yes, in oh. book sales, he was super cute. Yeah, and he is the best Chris in Hollywood. He is the best I, Chris. I just Actually, to... I'll, I'll give it to you. The Mindy Project. Yes, that's actually Mindy. that's yeah, how Carl and I met was through the Mindy Project. Oh, oh wow! Really? Oh, cool. amazing! Many moons ago. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did you guys were you working on it all? Mm. Like just through? Oh <laughs> God, I wish. No. Oh, okay. so I, I started writing fanfic, and um, through my fanfic, our friend Tiffany. Um, kind of welcomed me into the the Mindy Project fan mm-hmm. fold, and uh, through her, I met a lot of people, including uh. Meg. And Meg, as she likes to say, she attacked me with love. 
I really, oh, I really so did. I don't know if that sounds good or bad. I think <laughs> attacked me with love. I attacked her with love. I think we talked for about. I think we DM'd for about three minutes before I was like, "Just give me your number and I'll text you." And I've hardly yes. ever texted or called you since then. But we have every social media platform. No. We have a little chat and communications and our platform. Whole, like, yeah. It can go from one spot to another for entire conversations, completely out of context. It's amazing. <laughs> yes, we, we talk through regularly at least three different apps all day, every day. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh that's so oh. cute. Is it the same conversation on that's each app? For the most part. Sometimes it we try, on, we try and our, stick. Moods. It try, we try and keep the, the any podcast conversations to a specific one. So we don't oh, have I to see. scroll like crazy. Yeah. But, Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't always work out that wow. way. Wow. Chris Messina is a really good looking guy. I'm just going down a Google image. Oh, yeah. Um, loophole he's right very now. handsome. He's That's also very, he's guy. very handsome in yeah, real life. I, he too. is the best Chris. Which. Right. Oh, I met him and had a very embarrassing experience with him. Oh. <laughs> Oh my god! You have to share. I'll, I'll share. So my mom. Oh, I, this is to. one of my favorite stories, <laughs> both about Christmasina and my mom. Um, so mm-hmm. I was going to Seattle with my mom and my sister for an Outlander mm-hmm. kind of convention thing that they had going on, and Christmasina was going to be there for a film festival at the same time with his directorial uh, directorial mm-hmm. debut, and so I wanted to go to do that and meet up with a friend that I had met through the Mindy Project. And my mom was like, oh, I'll come with you. It'll be great and everything. And I was like, okay, do you, have you seen anything Christmasina has done? And she said, no. So I was like, okay, well, here are some movies that he's done. And one of them was 28. Is it 28 hotel rooms or 28 rooms, Carla? 28, 28 rooms? rooms. Um, so one of them is 28 rooms where he has full frontal. Oh, oh, yeah. That's yeah. a very important part of the story. Not an important part of the movie, okay. but it's an important part of the story. Yeah. Okay, so... it's very relevant to the story. <laughs> oh no! So... Where is this we, heading? We go to the film festival and we watch the movie. You are right to be a little yeah. aghast. We go to the film festival. We watch the movie. Um, the first time I met him, I accidentally bumped into him. I had to go to the bathroom and I bumped into him in the lobby. And I was like, hi, oh, wow. nice to meet you. You can move. You're blocking the bathroom. <laughs> You're in the way. <laughs> move. This and is then, not the time. So after the movie was done, they did a Q&A and everything like that. And that finished and everyone was clearing out. And we went to go say hello and, and congratulate him again for his debut and everything. And my mom goes, um, hi, I'm Jane. I like your ding dong. <gasps> And bless this man, bless this man who was like, hi, I'm Chris. I like your pocketbook. And then I like dragged my mother away because it was probably the most horrifying experience. I was just like, I am so sorry. Like, I, we normally don't let her out of the house. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) but I'll tell you, that's my, one of my favorite anecdotes. So (laughs) I mean, he handled it yeah. really well. It could have gone like the the like yeah. He could have just oh. dug into a hole. Yeah. And he was incredibly stopped. gracious, <laughs> as were the people that we were with that had never met my mom before, oh, and 
I at least partially expected something like this to come out of her mouth because <laughs> yeah. uh, but my friends had never met yeah. her before and they're just like okay we wanted to talk to him too but now things are awkward <laughs> How do we move from this topic? Like, how do you how do you steer out of the ding dong the ding dong ditch? <gasps> exactly. Oh gosh. Oh my god. No. It's kind of like amazing, but also scarring. Yeah. So I mean, I understand. Yeah. It's great fodder, though. Oh, it's a great icebreaker. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Have you heard about like, my I mean, mom well, and Christmas shows, seen this yeah. ding dong? <laughs> oh my god! Again, we we go yeah. off into a tangent, Carla. <laughs> it's so right, this is the podcast of tangents. <laughs> That's our bit. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's our bit too. Trust me. And it's like it's always fun when I'm editing. I'm just like, here we go again. <laughs> We're pretty proud. Every podcast that we've guested on. Um, has been the longest episode of that podcast, and it's absolutely oh, our okay. fault. <laughs> okay. Yes, hundred percent. I mean, okay. Challenge accepted. He is like, we have to. Like, oh, now it's on. He is like, you guys. It's Can late. we it's outdo late ourselves? Here. It's late here. Can we outdo ourselves? <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. All right, go for it, Fee. Um, so I'm basically just going to go through the critics and mm. facts. The facts I've found a lot. Like my apologies. Oh, it's fine. It's an old movie, so there's been a lot. We love to hear it. Of to do around it. Thank you. Thanks for that vote of confidence. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, um, critics-wise, the film generally received positive feedback, um, approximately approval re- an approval rating of 70% based on 89 reviews, with an average rating of 6.3 out of 10. Wow. General um, consensus reads, great chemistry between the leads made this a warm and charming delight. Um, Metacritic gives it a score of 57 out of 100, indicating mixed or average reviews um and cinema score gave it an a minus on a scale of a to f i mean i guess that's still good like could have gotten an f i mean or worse Mm. Uh, (laughs) but yeah um roger ebert um who is a renowned uh, reviewer on our podcast and generally in the world um, <laughs> gave the film three out of four stars and lauded the immensely immensely lovable main characters um, the New York Times also praised the film um, writing of the leads Miss Ryan plays her role blithely and credibly this time with an air of freshness and a minimum of cute fidgeting and a lot of f- fond chemistry with Mr. Hanks and he continues to amaze Yes, he does. Once again, he fully <laughs> inhabits a new role without any obvious mm-hmm. actorly behavior to the point where he comparisons to James Stewart really cannot be avoided. Um, Variety also call, called it a winning romantic comedy. Um, but I think one of the kind of concern was um, that um, it takes almost two self-infatuated, swarmy, con- condescending, cringe-inducingly sentimental hours to reach its pre-ordained conclusion. Um, 
wow. Nathan Rabin called the film almost unwatchably. Yeah. Just <laughs> say you hate love and be done exactly. with it. Get on with it. <laughs> Damn. No need to sugarcoat it. Someone, someone needs someone a cuddle. Too many feelings. Yeah. Did not yeah. like. <laughs> thumbs up. Thumbs movie. down. Um, someone got catfished. Is what happened. Yeah. <laughs> Someone met a man without a torso. I think this is a guy, so it's probably, yeah, he probably got like, I don't know, stood up or something. Um, He called it unwatchably saturated, representing pretty much everything wrong with today's big budget, high concept Hollywood making movie. Wow. Um, Wait, big budget and high concept? What? Okay. that's a hilarious Here, statement. I want to know what reading he did. Like, what movie did he watch? If he thinks that this is big budget. <laughs> I reckon oh this was God. in 1998. I think <laughs> this is, I mean, of 1998. But still, I think, wasn't, wouldn't the Batman movies have a bigger budget around that time? I think yeah, the, I think the only thing that caused this movie to... By I think far, the only thing that caused this movie to be a big like, budget issue is I looked like they actually filmed in New York City, which yeah. is not is not a yeah. thing that people that movies yeah. normally do because yeah. it's really expensive to film there. Mm. Like most play most movies and shows mm. when it's New York, it's actually Vancouver. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. Um so or Atlanta. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean because of the oh, city like, like landscapes, yeah. I'm I'm sure. Yeah. Um yeah, like I think most of it was filmed on the Upper West mm. Side, which is obviously um, the and nicer gotta, part you gotta of, pay, of New York. Yeah, you gotta pay those people a lot of money. Exactly, mm. exactly. <laughs> um, right, but but my, my whole thinking is, you know, it isn't the kind of thing where because it's a rom com, it's not afforded the same grace as maybe you know a period drama mm-hmm. or yeah. you know like like a real movie and especially right. yeah, that's the interesting late 90s. i mean even today to some degree but especially yeah. in the late 90s there was such furor about um rom-coms in general because like that was pretty mm-hmm. much the heyday of rom-coms yeah and there was so much derision towards them to be back there considered... yeah <laughs> yeah it, it was like this ridiculous stigma against them where they're 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 movies for women and therefore they're not worthy of right being elevated to anything beyond a novelty so you know mm-hmm. like why are they giving yeah. this chick flick all this money you know like it would be i mean because it would yeah be that's like, really interesting that be better spent mm. on something that they thought was actually art fast and the furious 47 Mm-mm. naturally yes yeah <laughs> we so fun all of that, you've got yeah. no money yeah. They're actually coming out with a nine. Like coming out with Fast and the Furious. I'm like, how? Listen, I'm not mad at it. I love Fast and the Furious. <sighs> I love cheesy, thought-free um, action, and I love Vin Diesel. So, I I just feel like they all look <laughs> really old. tired now. They just want to retire. Yeah, I'm sorry, why don't men contract. in Hollywood have expiration dates? <laughs> it just like yeah, tired. Isn't this next Fast and the Furious movie like Vin Diesel's character training his daughter? Son. Or something or so, yeah, like that. Yeah, or something like that. Who's yeah, old yeah. enough to drive now? Yeah. Like, let yeah. this man rest. <laughs> let was it die? Wasn't wasn't oh. that supposed to be like one last job? Yeah. Twenty five years ago. 
Oh, they always say Just that. Say you they like always say cars. that. Honestly. They... Oh God, I'm too old for that. I don't think I've ever watched the Fast and Furious. But apparently, Paul Walker wanted ten of them, oh so God. I guess they're trying to get to All ten. Right, yeah. But you know what? People still people still watch it. Yeah, they'll, they'll still pay for it. Yeah. They do. So you know, if it's making yeah, money. Yeah, true. Well, what kills me though is true, like we talk true. about the heyday of rom coms, yeah. and we really have had a like a dearth of rom coms in the past ten years. There just haven't been nearly as many. And like, I don't, I don't begrudge people who like movies like Fast and the Furious mm. and things like that. They're just not my jam. Mm-hmm. Like give me my give me my love stories. What's exactly, so hard yeah. about that? You right. could do it on a shoestring budget. To be perfectly yeah, honest, exactly. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, I, I guess the computer a... graphics are very true. That yeah. really uh, like the yeah that takeover <laughs> the massive budget of the film, the CGI effects maybe of ninety eight. All of the the royalties that they had to pay to AOL. Oh yeah. my gosh! And Apple and yeah. Oh yeah. gosh, yeah. All these brand- Starbucks. Yeah. yeah. Blair, have to start. This is interesting because <laughs> this is one of my questions <laughs> that I had for you, for you all. So, what was um, one of your? Okay, what was your first email address or like a funny username that you had? Oh, I think it's I... both my first oh my and the funniest. It was XF obsessed because I was obsessed with the X Files, oh and God, yet amazing. everybody on the internet thought that it was something mm. dirty. So I would get all of these dirty messages from complete randos, and I would be like, "That's not the XF <gasps> I'm talking about. It's about the X Files." And they would promptly stop being horny for me. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Um, oh I was this innocent little thing trying to get my X Files fandom <laughs> on. I feel like anything with X. Come all these pervs. Yeah. <laughs> Any, it's the X and the F combo, I think, that really, yeah. really sold it to them. Oh, they were my like, goodness. oh, she really well, extra likes the F. And, and no, she really liked Fox Mulder and Dana Scully. Like, let me be. And this was the wild, wild west of the internet in, mm. in the 90s and stuff like that. Um, I got internet really, really early because my dad was a computer programmer, so I grew up with it a lot. Um, I will not tell you my first email address because I actually still use it. Oh, wow. That's incredible. <laughs> not not for, like, my actual emails, but that's yeah. my spam, my yeah. spam dump. So I guess I could, but whatever. Um, but the... Yeah. The screen name I remember most because I used so many with my free trials um, was always some iteration of Megara because I really, really liked Hercules, <laughs> the Disney That's movie. Amazing. That's and Meg name. and Meg was like my favorite, <laughs> oh, yeah, one of my same. favorite Disney princesses. So it was always some kind of Megara. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I want Hercules to be remade. Sorry, go on. Um, Mine was, um, I still remember it. <laughs> it's Lil, Lil Mia. Wait, what did that sound for? And Mia's basically, and Mia, so it's Lil as in L I L. Okay. And my initials, so my, my, my middle name and then um, surname, so Lil Mia. Oh my gosh. 
Oh, it's ridiculous. That's so cute and innocent. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like she didn't get nearly as much porn as you got. Probably not. No. That's so funny. Probably not. Oh my gosh. <laughs> not nearly as many penis enlargement. Oh my um, god, yeah. <laughs> That's like, that was a spam that oh. everyone said. Yeah, like you'd get sent. Mm-mm. Oh, that's yeah. Horrible. Like, there was this one guy who started talking to me, and he seemed like a normal person, you know, like just a random dude who's just like being cool and everything. Mm. And then his message just got a little bit like more and more steamy as time went by, and I was like, I don't know about this, oh, like, no. dude, I don't know, you're making me kind of uncomfy. But you know, I yeah. didn't feel like like I thought maybe yeah. maybe I was making too much of it, and at some point. um I was like, okay, I, I really don't think that we can keep talking anymore. And then he's, you know, the the, the barrage of like, well, you did mm. And uh, his, yeah. his, what what did he say? Something yeah. like, um, like I was trying to do you a favor or something like that. And at this point I had, Getaway. yeah, at this what? point like, we had talked long enough that I need, I mean, he was like quite a bit older than me that he had a, a son. And so my retort to him was like, um, you know, if uh, I'm sorry for your son that he has a father who has who is such a terrible um, uh, role model, and like that was my my, my yeah. big put down. It was like he's saying all you of this awful ra- stuff, and I was like, well, you you, somebody better should be raising your for- child. <laughs> I was straight for the. You went straight. Yeah. Straight for- <laughs> oh my god. Oh god, I just I went for the jugular. I was like. I, I was displeased 12? with the manner in which he was conducting himself towards women. And I, and I thought this should not be passed on to another generation. And that mm. was like my whole thing. You know, like I don't, I don't, I don't get to say any <laughs> cool put downs and like come up with something really witty and smart. My whole thing was like, you know, you're compromising the future generations yeah. of, <laughs> of children. How dare you? You're like, you're like Kathleen. You can't come up with the zinger in the moment. Except- yeah. You don't come up with the zinger yes, later right. either. You're just like, oh you're probably a disappointment to both your parents and future generations. I bet you don't even recycle. Exclamation mark. Yes, like I, I was I was just born to be a mom to express, you know, like I'm not angry with you. I'm just disappointed in the way you're handling yourself. Is this really what you wow, want to show yeah. your child? Yeah. Here's what I love. So I've known you for a really long time, yeah. Carla, at this point, And I feel like every time I think of you as like a, a teenager, it's just you exactly how you are. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, it's just me. Just significantly, <laughs> significantly thinner and uh, considerably uh, like better spoken from eight on from eight years old on you were just fully formed as this magnificent creature pretty much <laughs> yes <laughs> i've just always been this because way because that that Baby, put, that put down this way. that put down could have been said 15 years ago or yesterday and <laughs> yes. yes we wouldn't have known <laughs> no no that's just telling. me that's yeah amazing. yeah um i'm gonna so i'm gonna uh move on to the i think facts now because i think you kind of spoke about critics um oh yeah but it's it's a long list so just stay with me i'm just gonna go with it as fast as i can um 
So Nora Ephron arranged for Meg Ryan and Heather Burns to work in a real New York City bookstore in preparation of their roles prior to filming. The store was Books of Wonder in Manhattan, and the jobs lasted for about a week. I mean, understandable if you've ever worked in retail. Um, (laughs) The scene where Joe accidentally closes the door of Kathleen's shop on the balloons was unscripted. Tom Hanks actually did that and ad-libbed the line, good thing it wasn't the fish. And Nora Ephron thought it was so funny that she kept it all in. Um, All of Joe and Kathleen's emails were put on the movie's official website, which Warner Bros. has kept active. I actually haven't checked that, so maybe we should do that after the after the episode um uh the children's the children's bookstore scenes in the film were filmed at maya chaper's cheese and antique shop on 106 west 69th street the filmmakers wanted to use the antique shop because it had the quaint homey feel they were going for this is this part kills me because i wish i was the owner so they sent the owner of the antique shop on vacation for a few weeks before um, and while she was gone, they turned the store into a children's books bookstore. After filming was finished, oh, they wow. put everything back to the way they left it, and it became an antique store once again. Aww. That is brilliant. Oh my goodness, that that's amazing. That's what I that's in my... Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a paid true. vacation from Warner Bros. Right? Um, <laughs> oh, the life. Um, the location of Fox Books um, in the movie is the location of a real-life Barnes & Nobles on Broadway and 83rd Street on the Upper West Side. The Barnes & Noble oh. generated considerable neighborhood opposition when it opened in the early 1990s, as many feared it would drive a local bookseller, Shakespeare & Co., on 81st Street and of business. In 1996, they closed their doors with their two other locations remaining open. In 2018, they announced their return to the Upper West Side, opening a store on Broadway between West 69th and 70th Street. Ironically, the big chain bookstores have been hammered by online retailers who offer even lower prices and greater convenience. Barnes & Noble's main competitor, Borders, went under in 2014 with the rollback on huge downtown stores which have to pay extravagant fees for their leases. Smaller bookstores are reappe- reappearing in key locations. Yeah, I mean that's that's like a sad thing. Um, like I last year, I think the mo- mm. one of the most famous bookstores in New York, the Strand, closed down, and I mm-hmm. think they were there was like a whole um, they they kind of launched a letter and stuff, and where like readers could basically fund the business, um, which is really sad to always see that yeah. go down. Um, yeah. Joe Fox slash Tom Hanks is obsessed with The Godfather and frequently uses dialogue f- from it to shape his philosophy on life. In the Cop- Coppola rest- Restoration Godfather DVDs, Alec Baldwin claims that Tom Hanks and Rob Reiner are both Godfather aficionados and have hosted viewing parties where the attendees play drinking games and quote famous lines while watching the film. The quotes are often used as funny pseudo-wisdom responses to various oddball questions in an informal game that is sometimes referred to as the toe of the godfather. (laughs) I mean, it's pretty (laughs) iconic. Except for the third one, when she dies, which is the worst scene. We don't don't talk about the godfather (laughs) three. Yeah, uh uh-uh. Don't watch godfather (laughs) three. We don't... We don't we don't talk about that in this. We don't talk about that scene. <laughs> um, um, another fun fact: Meg Ryan got her very first computer during the filming of this movie. Wow, that's pretty late. <laughs> um, 
Um, this is the third time that Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks <laughs> act together. The previous two being Joe versus the Volcano mm. and Sleepless in Seattle, which, yeah, I quite like that one as well. Mm. Um, Kathleen and Joe used AOL software to connect to the internet. They were both using version 4.0, which was in beta testing mode when the film was being made. Another example of product placement, which is why this, I guess, this movie made a lot of money too. Um, in the opening lines of the movie, Frank is d- describing how the state of Virginia had to have solitaire removed from the computers because they hadn't gotten any work done in six weeks. This line is actually mm-hmm. based on fact. In December of 1994, Governor George Allen of Virginia did in fact oh, order wow. that all video games, specifically Minesweeper, Hearts, and Solitaire, be removed from all state computers <laughs> because of a concern that state employees were playing these games during office hours and wasting taxpayer dollars i mean <laughs> no self-control no. oh my god i mean it's honestly just, yeah. it as a government employee that's <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> we may i may or may not have done that i'm joking <laughs> um I don't know if like if anyone um has come across this but last year there was a really funny like it wasn't well it was funny for like readers but there was a funny lawsuit that happened with robert de niro's production company where one of some one of the interns got sued because she was watching netflix oh yeah uh, she was watching friends while she was supposed <gasps> to be working oh yeah yeah i remember hearing about and it was that. like the most funniest thing ever and oh wow yeah <laughs> Yeah, like, um, <laughs> well, then she can get a job at Netflix watching Netflix. It's like, they actually pay for right, people to right. do that, though. Right. But, yeah. like, just fire Most her. logical. Like, not enough. Yeah. This person. Yeah. But I, I think, I, yeah. I, I forgot <laughs> oh what the God. specifics were, but the, there was something <laughs> where they were claiming that she was stealing company time or, or just something really. Yes, yeah. yes. But, yeah, I... I yeah. Uh, well, how many warnings do you think you have to get? Be like, stop watching TV at work. <laughs> I mean, you shouldn't before be, you get fired. Yeah, and but, then but, but, like, no. that's the thing. You know, no. maybe that's on you for not yeah. enforcing the rules enough. Yeah, should have cut her off earlier. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Well, well, and you know, one of the things that's been very interesting for American employers during this pandemic is for so long, they've been like, you can't work from home. You'll never be productive. And then for this past year, now they're like, oh, maybe we don't want right. to send mm-hmm. people back to the office so we don't exactly. have to pay leasing right. exactly. anymore. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, I've worked from home mm-hmm. for seven years. So yeah, like, it wasn't that big of a change for me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in most cases, yeah. people are more productive and, like, there is a more sense of, like, getting your work done and then, like, you can do whatever you want kind of thing, I guess. Especially, I feel yeah. like here they have that. Yeah. I mean, I've heard so many yep. people say that they actually work longer yeah. when they work from home, which is because you end up just staying and staying and you right. think, oh, yeah. I'll do this last I thing, I'll do this last thing. Yeah. And I yeah, either continued working past my, my end time or have come back to it after... I put myself yeah. to bed because I'm like, oh, let me just finish this one yeah. thing up, and then it yeah. ends up being like a two-hour. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Moving on. Um, <laughs> um, as I mentioned before about the soundtrack, um, one of Nora Ephron's signature filmmaking quirks is her use of songs to accentuate plot points. One of the chief elements that led her films to be termed 
chick flicks, we hate that word and term. Um, when Meg Ryan's and Tom Hanks' characters finally meet in person, with both knowing they've been emailing each other, the song Over the Rainbow plays on the film soundtrack. Um, the duo shared a, se- uh, a scene set to the same song in Sleepless in Seattle. Aww. Which is, I forgot that. Oh, um, that's cute. For opening credits, Nora um, Ephron wanted an animated version of Broadway's Boogie Woogie, a, rep- a representation of New York City by P.A. Mondrian. When um, animator Mirko Illich and his staff animated Mondrian's painting, um, Ephron wanted something more realistic or romantic, so they photographed all the buildings along Broadway on the um, Upper West Side from 72nd Street to Brownstone, where the film begins as a guide for the computer graphic animation, aka the large C- CGI budget that we mentioned. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Marvel effects, yes. basically. Um, <laughs> Uh, since the movie I mean this is really endearing I really like this since the movie Heather Burns has actually petitioned for local New York uh, City bookstores which is kind of cute and support small businesses Um, final film of uh, John Randolph um, who I think was the grandfather like the the guy the Annabelle's father I think Um, Skylar Fox oh yeah Skylar Fox um, in later mm. mo- uh, interviews, Meg Ryan said the film was not any kind of stretch for me. I can't have that experience again. I'm just not interested in it. I mean, is that like right. the film or like working with Nora Ephron? I don't know. <laughs> That's loaded. Hmm. Um, okay. The only song during the film that is not on the soundtrack is Never Smile at a Crocodile, which perf- plays as Joe and the kids are leaving Kathleen's store. It is performed by the Paulette sisters. Um, <laughs> tells the brother of Tom Hanks' character Joe that daisies are her favorite f- uh, flower. Similarly, in Sleepless in Seattle, Meg Ryan's character Annie tells Walter that the daisy engagement ring was exactly the one she would have chosen. Um, uh, this is a like shock, uh, shock, shocking fact, I guess. The cast members actually emailed each other during filming. Wow. Um, <laughs> Nothing but the facts. Nothing but the, like, hardcore facts. This is what we're here for. Oh, wow. uh, Nora Ephron apparently said to... um, This is a really weird quote, so I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. Um, She, during the making of the movie, she said to Tom Hanks that when you have a hit every day, it is like Christmas. When you have a bomb every day, it is like Vietnam. I don't... I think that was the foreshadowing of if the movie failed or was successful. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing that's what she means. Mm, that feels um, pretty extreme. Extreme. Yeah. Uh, that's why I was. Yeah. Gonna, yeah. Um, like, not necessary to compare it to a war. Like Nora, um, Nora Ephron. If no. this movie bombs, you'll be fine. Like, like yeah. I've seen, I've seen your catalog. You're good, <laughs> unless you made some yeah. really bad business decisions or <laughs> investment. You will still be hired. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, when visiting Kathleen's bookstore, Joe Fox is interested in a first edition of Swiss Family Robinson, which is a castaway story, and Tom Hanks would go on to do Castaway. Um, two years later, oh. um, released in 2000. Well, full circle. Oh, right. 
Mm. Um, there also is a musical uh, uh, Broadway adaptation of the original movie called She Loves Me. Um, and oh, and the last fact is kind of like summing Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan's filmography, I guess. Um, so of the three movies where Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan star as the leads, this is the only one where they start off disliking each other before eventually fa- falling in love. In their first film, Joe vs. the Volcano, Meg Ryan's main character starts off being rude to Tom Hanks, but very quickly has a change of heart and declares her love for him. In their next film, following Sleepless in Seattle, Meg Ryan is in love with him for a majority of the movie, but their characters don't meet until the very end of the film, where it is implied during the climax that they begin a relationship. Um, so, I mean, one of my other questions was, because we talked about bookstores a lot, and it's a cute, quaint little bookstore, um, what was your favourite childhood book growing up? Like, a favourite collection, a classic? Um... I think probably one of my favorite books growing up was Where the Sidewalk Ends and the oh, Shel Silverstein oh. poetry books. No, I think that was probably one that I was... Oh, okay. I really liked. And um, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Those are the, the, the books that I remember the most, kind of having the most really, you know, yeah. really deep books. <laughs> 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 I'm trying to think. I can't. I can't think of of anything from when I. Well, okay. So maybe like when I was nine or ten. Definitely, A Wrinkle in Time mm. was mm-hmm. my <gasps> yes! favorite book. I mean, I read that thing so That's many times. One. I still have my my original one. Um, but uh, but there was also like um, A Witch in Blackbird Pond, The Babysitters Club. All of that. Oh yes, 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 yes. yes. Oh yeah. And in seventh grade, in seventh grade, uh, because I was always sitting sitting there reading. And in seventh grade, um, they started showing us the miniseries Roots, the one starting Levar Burton from like, I don't know, whatever, Mm -hmm. whenever it was released. And Mm -hmm. yeah, way back. And so the teacher brought out the book and said, you know, it's this massive book. And she says, this is mm-hmm. how long the actual mm. book is. And we're like, ooh, ah, because it looks like this just insurmountable thing. <laughs> and somebody in the back said, mm. I bet you even Carla couldn't read that. And of course, I was like, give me the book. I own that book and it's like 700. Ma- like, it's not like, like a crazily yeah Crazy no, long but for book. like you know seventh but, graders, yeah, seventh who, graders who have been assigned you know like the outsiders and things like that you know yeah. significantly mm. thinner books it was like mm. this oh, what this thing yeah. has like hard cover and like so many yeah. pages here's the <laughs> difference between carla and i so in seventh grade carla i'm sure started reading roots and my favorite book was island of the blue dolphins <laughs> <laughs> No shame in it. No shame in the book game. No shame. Well, it's a part. <laughs> the character development I hear for that book was just... Mwah. <laughs> I couldn't even really tell you what it was. It was like she gets stranded on an island and there's dolphins. And like... I was going to ask, were there It's dolphins? been a while. That's it. That's... There are blue ones on an island. What? 
I actually still own a copy. <laughs> oh, but that's no. that's cute though. I oh, love I adorable. love that. Like that I have. It's nostalgic. Yeah, I love. I don't have a lot, so many of my books, and it's like it's hard. My daughter either lent it, and people don't give it back. I've tried. No. I've tried to. Yeah. I've tried to get my daughter to read it, and she just looks at me like, "No, this is not gonna happen. <laughs> not gonna happen." No, it's not what I did because I was not having that with my books going like missing. Is that I started a library system where mm, I of had. Of course, you did. I had. I, I, I you not. I had my friends sign out the books, and they would have a due date. Yeah, and it, they needed to return my books if they wanted an extension. <laughs> out of luck, because it's my book. I want it back when I want it back. Yeah. See, I mean, I did that in college. That is a necessary measure you have to take. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, one of my favorite books I can't find because I've lent it to someone. They haven't given it back to me, and I'm like, they never bring no. it back. Yeah. No, well, I say. Yeah. We've yeah. all been Bellin- there. We've all been there. <laughs> Except for Carla, who had her system. Bellin- I need to have a system now. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a picture of the person and, and the book. And just every time they don't give it to me, I'm just going to like remind them with like exclamation Just, just send a really passive aggressive text message with their picture and the picture of, of the book and be like, oh, remember when I, ga- when I gave you person in this picture, this book in the picture? Hmm? Exactly. Please send me proof of life. Let me know that you haven't dropped this book in the pool or in the bathtub. If you have dog-eared it, I demand a brand new copy. A new one, a new copy, yeah. Here are the links. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, what about you, Belle? Okay. Oh, sorry. Oh, so mine, mine would be the Goosebumps Mm. series. And, um... What's oh and the Tracy Beaker <gasps> series by Jack yeah, and Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. Oh that's true. Yeah, I Jacqueline love those. Wilson, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. I love those, yeah. Uh, yeah. What would yours be? I always say like To Kill a Mockingbird is one of my favourite books and I read that first when I was like mm-hmm. eleven years old and it just like yeah. blew my mind and like it was just really good and like the, just the way it was written is very like warm and I don't know, I really love that book. But I would probably say, um, one that came to my mind is because Beverly Clearly, who recently passed away, she had a book called Ramona and Beezus. And I think that's like one of the first books I read. And I just like, yeah, I think it's just the nostalgia associated with it. And it's a really cute book. And mm. I say also the Sleepover Club and like Harry Potter, I think. I started that when I was really young. Boxcar Kids was another big one when I was when I was little. We used to watch, I used to read the Boxcar Children, and then me and my sister and my cousins would go to their mm. farm and pretend to be the Boxcar Children and run around in cornfields. <laughs> that's and amazing. And like pack a picnic and not be seen Aww. for hours. Oh, that's so Home, cute. Oh, my millennial upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it. I don't. Oh, okay. I I just thought of another question. Okay. Sorry, uh, because I thought mm. of daisies. So, what is your favorite flower? I oh don't have goodness. one because there's just so much upkeep. Yeah, true that. I kill plants. So yeah, like I really not like ask the ferns. I killed an aloe vera plant. <laughs> I killed cacti. <laughs> no shame. So I, I just think nothing. <laughs> that you know I have yeah 
like I was worried about having a child because I'm like I can't even keep plants alive and they're handing me this child to take home with me like why yeah same. nobody has even bedded me are you sure like I, I was you know like when, when they when they were discharging us from the hospital I'm like that that's it you don't want to ask me any questions like do you need to come to my house or anything because I have to I'm feed gonna this take him home and he's helpless they're like bye yeah fish fish and plants I cannot keep alive so far I've kept two kids alive so I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> That's a good track record. You're making yeah. progress. Like I kept, exactly. I kept two cats alive for 18 years. I, I think the interaction, like if you oh, don't, wow. if you don't yeah. interact with something, then it's really easy to forget yeah. to yeah. eat it or water. Oh yeah, then no, yeah. forget, forget plants. Um, I, you're, you're just there to make my room pretty. I, I don't need to interact to interact with you. Yeah. So I think I, I yeah. Think, <laughs> That's true. I will say I think favorite flower just in on principle. I really like orchids. I think they're really pretty and simple. Oh, yeah. And very graceful yeah. and high maintenance. Much like my no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Not like me at all. Um and another one Much like its owner. Yeah, I, another one I really love is uh Stargazer Lilies. And that is just because yes. they were the main flower in my wedding bouquet. So Oh, that's so cute. Oh, yes. sweet. I love oh, that. That's sweet. amazing. <laughs> Mine, I would have to say, <laughs> I've never heard of it. So it's called the ba- the Banksia. And oh. basically, Fee and I went to, <laughs> Fee and I went to, um, there's this place called Kew Gardens and there's loads of plants, loads of flowers and things like that. And they've got like a, yeah, it's just really, really pretty you can go visit it and basically um the reason i love it is because it's i think it doesn't burn so i think it actually like blooms when there's fire it's really weird but i love that sentiment to it that it's like yeah it's like those like i what because they have like why do i remember these fun facts about it when you (laughs) when you go to So when you go, they've got like fun facts about the different plants, and I was like, "Oh, that's so cool!" It's like an X Men flower. So yeah, that's like my thing. <gasps> yeah, exactly. Okay. Oh, it's an exactly. Australian honeysuckle. That's what they call it. Yeah. Okay. B, what's your favorite flower? Um, <laughs> what was mine? I think I'm gonna say peonies. I really like them, and I love that like they smell really nice. Um, right now we're in full on spring mode so we're having a lot of like um, I think is it daisies right Um, no not daisies the ones that dogwoods they grow on trees daffodils they're like oh sorry this is complete it's like cherry blossoms and you can literally smell them every like time like you're going for a walk and stuff and it's really nice I don't know if it's just around where I live Belle but like in parks and stuff they're like full on sprung and literally all you can smell is cherry blossom around you anyway moving on um so do we back to you um do we want to go through to the questions about or do you have any other questions yeah so i had a, a couple so who mm-hmm. so who would you say is your favorite childhood character from a either a film or a book You all just looked up up to the ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been a really yeah, good. Yeah, suddenly image. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's good. Oh my gosh. I, I 
Okay, yeah, I, had... I think childhood for me. I'm gonna I'm gonna mm. jump in there with movie. The first thing oh, I got to think of was Bally yes, from Beauty yeah. and the when I was a kid. That's the first movie I remember ever mm-hmm. seeing in theaters and I loved that yeah. Belle yeah. Red. She's a my lot. favorite princess. And yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And I adore that. Book character I can't well really book character think, for um, me oh, and I can't remember I can't remember her name. But there was a book series about this girl who could see um that, that she could communicate with like spirits and stuff. And one of the books was called ghosts i have been and i thought that she was really just really cool um but then as far as like you know tv movies Mm -hmm. growing up in mexico i watched a lot of telenovelas so like Mm. most of my favorite characters are like from there so there was this one um yeah rosa Rosa salvaje (laughs) and it was um this girl who I think would have been in like her late teens, early twenties, but she was played by a woman who was maybe forty or something, maybe thirty, forty. And being basically a child back then, I didn't oh, know okay. better. So I just thought, oh, this is what people that age look like. And then I found out it was all a lie. <laughs> oh, yeah. right, right. This is how people exaggerate. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when like yeah. high in one high school kids look like. Yeah, exactly. and you're like no they're they're who was played by 30 year old Gabrielle Carteris and we just thought she looked super mature like oh yeah. so she's just yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> it's so funny because um, you, I don't know if you remember the character oh, from yeah. Murder 210 Teddy Silver's boyfriend <laughs> And he looked like a grown man. And I remember watching it once and my mom was like, is he supposed to be one of the students? Right around that time of uh, 90210 and then maybe... Who believes that? Later. Where you just couldn't really tell whether a character was supposed to be a student or a teacher until they told you one way or another. It's like, oh, no, you're just like old. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I love 90210. What about you guys? Um, I think because I just said Ramona and Beza, so I think my favorite childhood character would have been Ramona because I love like she's really quirky and weird and really playful. Um, she's really moody, which obviously everyone as a child. Um, obviously, like I think Harry Potter as well. Like probably I don't really like Hermione, so I can't really say Hermione when I was younger. Um, I actually didn't read Harry Potter until two years ago. <laughs> I haven't read it at all. I haven't read That's it. That's okay. At all, so. Belle. <laughs> That's fine. We fine. don't pe- we don't penalize. She penalizes me, but don't worry, um, guys. I For Gilmore Girls. For Gilmore Girls. It, because it's it a staple. Every other person I know who is a big Harry Potter fan has hounded me. I still haven't finished them. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched watch any of the movies. So I Thank yeah. you. I only watched like the first four, I think. But we did like a marathon. That's why I think we watched it. Um, because we're so cool. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I would say Ramona. I would say... So... I think it might have to be a Disney character In that case, it's well. also Ariel. Oh gosh, Ariel! The of songs. course. 
Yes. <laughs> and I, I, I mean, I love, I still love to sing. So yeah. Pocahontas. Definitely yeah. In that, that movie had a great song. Pocahontas. I'd go with Ariel though, because mm. I think, I think I just watched that first. So I just, by default, <laughs> just like Ariel. And I think it's my love for singing as well. Yeah. So I guess, yeah, that's why. <laughs> Amazing songs. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah, mm. all my favorite book characters uh, I discovered when I was an adult. Okay. Oh, so the next one is anyway. how realistic is the outcome of their relationship? How realistic? I feel like it's pretty realistic. I I think. Um, I, I I just feel like when you're presented with somebody who you've talked to, you know, completely divorced of of the their image of their um, appearance and everything, and you click with them so well. Even when you are presented with real life issues, um, if you, if the connection is strong enough, I think maybe you might be willing to forgive a lot, particularly when when it's a case where it's like you know they're basically soulmates, you know. Um, so I think, and especially because you know Tom Hanks has all of this charm, and therefore so does Joe. Joe is a he's a charming guy. And he, um, he ends up kind of owning a lot of his worst, uh, personality things, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I think it's totally believable that in 1998, Kathleen would have forgiven him so quickly and so kind of completely. Mm, I would love yeah. to know if the movie was updated, if, that, if given everything that we see play out in the movie, if it would be the same, especially with, I feel like, you know, now that we're not so isolated as, as people, now that we have access to, um, to so many experiences from yeah. other people and we're like, okay, what happened to you was not okay. And then you feel validated and saying, oh, mm-hmm. I thought it was just me. I thought that I had to kind of forgive that because I just thought that yeah. that's how, how life yeah. goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would be interested in, in mm-hmm. you know, like if this happened now, would Kathleen be as cool about a lot of things, you know? Ooh, because yeah, right. I don't That's, think I, so. I think it'd be. I think this this is one that I kind of think would be hard to do now because it's so easy to just Google yeah. and look people up. Exactly. Um, I think that's something that, especially especially if you are just watching this for the first time you feel like a 20 something year old mm-hmm. and you've never seen this movie before I think mm-hmm. it's really kind of hard to discern how new all of this technology was yeah. like electronic mail it was people still called it electronic mail yeah <laughs> like, honestly <laughs> um, but I think I think it is a fairly realistic thing I think that um Tom Hanks is really what keeps Joe from being Joe in you. Right. I think Tom Hanks mm. as an actor and a character really kind of keeps this being a lovable character. I don't think 
and I was talking to Carla about this earlier, I think the scene after they meet in the coffee shop and she doesn't know that he's NY152 and he had just learned that she's shop girl and they have this really harsh exchange and you can see how much she actually really, Kathleen really hurts Joe like on a yeah. On a deep level. Not undeservedly so, because mm-hmm. she's lashing out, obviously. Yeah. It's completely understandable where she's coming from, and she finally got to do that thing that we all talk about winning arguments yeah. and that regret that comes after. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I felt was really redeeming for Joe in this, because this is such... This character was so easy to... It would be so easy to fall into super creepy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... And yeah. stalkerish. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. when we were on um, an episode of Phantom Thing where they talk about the stalking for love trope, and this movie yeah. actually came up in it. Mm-hmm. But I think mm-hmm. when. I think Joe, even after he knows who Kathleen is and he's trying to make things work, I don't think he's ever doing it out of malice. And he's trying his. No. He's trying his. Not even malice. He's trying his best to keep them a little separate and try and not use as much of his information that he got as NY152 to improve his case as Joe. When they're together, he tries to be himself as Mm -hmm. authentically as possible. Minus this one big secret, which is a big secret. Um, But one thing I really, that really struck me was when he's writing that email after he stood her up, quote unquote, Mm. Um, when he starts saying, he starts lying about where, like, I'm in Vancouver. I got trapped in an elevator. There's all these other excuses. And mm-hmm. then he starts writing, I'm sorry for not being there. And then he deletes it. And he says, I'm sorry for what happened. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to lie and say that he mm-hmm. wasn't there. And I thought that right there, and that tied with our willingness to believe and go further when we're watching movies especially mm. love stories and kind of give a lot more leeway with behavior yeah um kind of redeemed <laughs> a lot yeah, of his his stuff for me that and these are the tropes that i like die for give me enemies to lovers give me a two-person yeah. love triangle give me mistaken identity all of <laughs> i just i want all of it <laughs> yeah <laughs> this movie yeah. has it but I think it, I think it's realistic. I don't know if I could see it being made now because people are too connected mm. that it's so easy to be like, okay, here's your AOL. Let me find mm-hmm. your Insta. Let me find your TikTok. Let me find yeah. your Facebook. Yeah. And and people already prejudge someone by what you see on social media mm-hmm. and just dis- disregard people if they're yeah. not exactly as they appear online, which nobody is. Yeah. Exactly, no. Or if they're too much like they appear online. <laughs> it's just like a never-ending battle. Right. Yeah. It could go either way. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, I think I would agree predominantly with what both of you kind of expressed. The I think I, like when I watched this again, I was really, I don't want to say I, like annoyed or agitated, but it really did like struck a chord with me when he decided that he didn't want to show up at the date and mm. I I think it was just mm-hmm. kind of human nature to be like listen like your and like your ending is right there but you, now you've chosen to to kind of draw back from it and to kind of create this like extra 
I think extra kind of like addition I guess I didn't mm. I felt it was unnecessary I, I think I, I like know. I really I... don't I still don't understand the intention behind it and like for me I do I, I understand where, where where like when he did come back into the restaurant and she was basically like mm. berating him and I that's when I was like okay like I kind of understand why you did that like you wouldn't have hit it off and then she wouldn't have believed it and then like the courting that goes on after when he does lie about like who he is and blah 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 and then mm. till the very end where she's like I really wished it was you kind of thing like that was like really cute and just romantic and that really got me but I think when I did like watch this again I was a bit like I was like why did you do this though like it, there was such an easy way yeah. out but I did like I yeah. understood I was like when he went and she was like you're like the worst person right. for me basically and he's just there like I... sitting there with everything that just mm. came out um, I'm gonna take a controversial stance and think and say that I think that was the right choice for him to make for mm-hmm. them to be together in the long yeah. term oh. because if he had popped in there this is the height mm-hmm. of their rivalry this is when she's just finding getting her claws and really digging in and fighting basically for her life and for her yeah. legacy and for her mother yeah. going to the mattresses <laughs> she's yeah. going to the mattresses <laughs> and if he showed up and she found out in this in that moment that her confidant that her void that her actual best friend mm. was the quote-unquote enemy yeah at that point there would have been she would have he would have lost her at any chance she yeah. would have lost her confidant and mm-hmm. he never, I don't think he ever would have been able to. Like, he's persistent in showing right. up when she's sick and bringing her flowers, which yeah. is adorable. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I love that whole bit where she keeps trying to get him out of the apartment. He just ends up, like, tucking yeah. her in. Like, <laughs> completely the opposite yeah. of what you wanted in the like, yeah. Again, this is 100% Tom Hanks. But I think if he had popped in there and be like, hey, I'm NY152. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it would have been a really short and really no, you know sad what? I, I agree, though. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> I understand. I, yeah, I really think that um, she was so incensed with... I mean, she's losing her shop. She's losing mm-hmm. not only her store, but she's losing part of her... A huge part of her life and something that her mother gave her. Yeah. Mm. The, this is the, the, the legacy of her mother that she's losing. She's yeah. losing it because the Fox family opened a store that basically drove her and a lot of her friends out of business. And Mm -hmm. I I just, I I don't, on on its face, it absolutely makes sense that he should have been more upfront with her and just said, Hey, listen, I know we're having this, this uh, thing with our, with our bookstores, but you know, I, Mm -hmm. we're, we're, um, we have this connection that I want to pursue and she would have been like oh, go to hell right off the bat yeah, yeah. she needed to know right. him as a person right. well before because you know, she could yeah. have been it's, and, and you yeah. you could see their chemistry but, in but the beginning it, it also strips yeah, away right. the idealized yeah, that's true, yeah. version that she has of NY152 so it, it both yeah mm-hmm strips that mm-hmm, away exactly. and it also strips back the um yeah the, it, it peels the veil away from this joe fox persona so yeah i i, I agree with meg i think mm-hmm. 
that was what needed to happen. Yeah. It's kind of counterintuitive, but... Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I think that perspective, yeah. 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 I, I, yeah, what I, you said about... Sorry, Belle. What you said about, like, hmm. if he did in that moment pursue her and then did, like, say that, you know, I'm the one, she would have been like no like no way and that would have cut mm. the that would have been more cynical and would have cut the story short um but yeah i think like i think it was just kind of like she's kind of going through such like turmoil this might have been a good news but also on the other side it might have just been like i yeah. think it would have crushed her yeah it would have crushed yeah. her yeah i exactly. think it would have absolutely destroyed her and i one thing another thing that kind of helps this not be creepy i I checked, or I was trying to keep track of it while I was watching. I don't think Joe used any information that he gleaned as NY152 to kind no. of get an in with her yeah. as as Joe. And I think that's really important because that, I think doing that, had he been like, well, she told me as NY152 she wants, she likes these four things. Mm-hmm. Let me do, like if he had brought her an actual bou- yes, bouquet of you. pencils that would be that would be yeah. so disingenuous and it would add a level of deception whereas in this situation he's like i he was really buying time as ny152 because yeah. he dialed back a lot of his talking to her as ny152 she would have felt taken advantage of a bit yeah exactly yeah. And, and he was using it to kind of bide his time so she gets to know him as a person yeah. so she's not horrified and heartbroken when she finds out that they're the same person mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. 152 people who thinks it looks like a Clark bar. That's probably one of my favorite lines. 152 felonies. <laughs> 152 amazing. insights into my soul. That's great. That was such a Carlo line. Really was. <laughs> oh my goodness. So I, so yeah, I thought it was a realistic outcome. However, I thought I thought it was a realistic outcome for um for the reform Joe, not the mm-hmm. Joe that we meet in the beginning. Mm. And I feel like if he hadn't had that moment in the in the elevator, or we say lift, but the elevator, yeah. with his girlfriend, you know, what, um, what was the question? If when I oh, get out yeah. of here, I'll do. X, She's gonna have yeah, her eyes laser. Yeah. yeah. And her response is so like I can't remember what she said. She's it's gonna so, have like, her. She's gonna have uh, her eyes, eyes lasered. lasered. Yeah. Right. Ex- and then, <laughs> but what really, what really, and it's ironic that I'm the one who's gonna bring this up. What really made him kind of have that light bulb moment was mm. when he was in the middle of being like, "Well, when I get out," and she cuts him off to talk about Tic Tacs, and Carl is laughing because what? somebody interrupted. I am Parker Posey. Was the deal breaker? <laughs> And Meg's the one who's pointing that out. <laughs> I blame the delay. <laughs> but yeah, I think I don't think it would have been re- realistic if we hadn't seen that growth from Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I think even when he's talking to his dad after, um, yeah, what's her face ran off with Nanny Maureen <laughs> in the <laughs> boat. Is right. it in the boat? Jillian yeah. in yeah. the boat, and when and when his dad's like, "I've never met anyone who made me feel yeah. like that." Have you? And Joe's like, "Right." Boop, between that mm. and Parker Posey, that's I think when he really decided, because I think he yeah. was going to stop entirely. Oops, I think he was going to kind of stop entirely yeah. and cut off all contact with her. Mm. And then he was like, "Wait a minute, this is someone who makes. Why would I not fight for something mm-hmm. that makes me feel this way and for someone yeah. who 
who makes me have these feelings. Yeah. yeah. I just love the <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and then just my final question. If you had to recast the lead character, Oh my god, here we go. Nope. Who would you who would you cast? Ooh. This is yet another reoccurring theme that always somehow mm-hmm. in, like interviews itself in our episodes every single yeah. time. That's hard because I have because to. I have to think. Particularly, Tom mm. Hanks is so perfect. You really have to nail that kind of personality yeah. where you are yeah. dynamic yet non-threatening and engaging and charming, but not. Um, mm-hmm. But not overly seductive because then it makes everything so sleazy, you know. And I think yeah. Tom yeah. Hanks is so perfect. So let me think about that mm. for a second. Okay, yeah, go ahead, Meg. If you already have something, I think I think I know. I think I know who I would re- recast as Joe. I think Tom Holland has Ooh, those blends. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's a good one. I could yeah. I could see that he's. I think Ryan Reynolds is a little old and a little too. Um, I don't know. I don't know the word. Not wholesome <laughs> is not the right word. Yeah, because he is. He can be very wholesome, um, but he's got. There's he's a little bit smarm. too loud, I guess, in his in his mm-hmm. comedy. Yeah. Um, I think Tom Holland yeah. is exactly like as soon as Carla started describing. <laughs> so clearly, the lead actor has to be a Tom. <laughs> no two ways about yeah. it. <laughs> to make this movie oh my work, gosh. and I mean. <laughs> For, oh my, this is just super duper hard. I, could, I mean, because like, and then for Kathleen, you have to have somebody. Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, Mark Ruffalo, Fee, he's from. She loves him. He I have an, obs- an unhealthy obsession. Sorry. He's from, Keno- he's from Kenosha, which is like an hour away from here. Oh, have wow. You been to his house, Meg. I hear, oh I, God, I hear you amazing. love Mark. Mark Ruffalo, Mark Ruffalo could 100%. Mark Ruffalo could 100% pull this off too. He's got yeah. he very He understands charming. the assignment. Yeah. Non-threatening, sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> I'd call this an absolute win kind of <laughs> mentality. I could see Mark that. Ruffalo can also control. Yes. No, yeah, that's the tagline I'm gonna, this episode. I'm, I'm going to recast Tom Hanks with Colin <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Oh, could you imagine Chet Hanks, the other son? Oh no. my gosh! Oh, God. he's, on, he's no, lost it. He's so funny. Oh, I like, feel like they all went right and he went left. My that favorite movie thing would honestly. go such a different direction yeah, if that was Chet. Like, honestly, he's in. He was in Empire, and then my favorite thing of his. Was oh gosh! Yeah. When he uploaded a, a Instagram video in a Cockney accent, trying to get Adele. Oh my gosh, honestly, wow. it's just ridiculous. Oh, he's such a he's so funny. <laughs> oh my god. I feel like you really like have to maybe Randall Park would be a good Ooh, choice. I could see yes. Randall Park. Yeah. Who's Randall he's, Park? He would have Randall yeah. Park from um Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, the, he has a show. Always fresh be my fresh baby. Off the boat. No, yeah. No. And fresh off the boat. Yeah, I, I think he would have like that, that good blend. Oh, hey, yeah. he's so cute. Yes. He, he's yeah, so, he's I, yeah, I yeah, true. Really... I could see Catherine Newton. Catherine Newton. Yeah, he's so I cute. Maybe I, I don't think. Yeah. If she with with, with Tom, Tom Holland, well, I could see that, because I could see the thing with, Tom with, with Catherine working. Newton is that she doesn't have 
that naive look about her. She looks like she mm. knows too much what's up, mm. and um, Kathleen needs so you know like mm. like that that sense of um, like head in the clouds, dreaminess. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe Millie maybe. Bobby Brown or Zendaya. I'm well, I'm, I'm yeah. thinking Zendaya I'm thinking with Tom Holland. I think casting either of them with Randall Park would be too much of an yeah. Like, the age gap would be oh, oh the yeah. age, yeah. age gap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Zendaya and Tom Holland have great chemistry. They really do. They, that's what I was going to say. Podium Zendaya. Oh gosh, Tom yes. They, they would yes. they would just be perfect in everything together. Mm. Like just cast them in everything. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. I could see. I could yeah. see Emma Stone. I could see Emma Stone being it, but we—I don't think we could do a bookstore and a big bookstore just because of the times. Big box bookstores no. just don't. There's, like, this is really this is really the sunset of an empire. Yeah. Well, if they cast it back in the nineties, like, let's just say that that they're doing a period piece. Joe Fox 1990s. is now living off of Kathleen's royalties <laughs> from her books. He's selling her books now. <laughs> Three, no, ten years. Ten years after he opened that store, it closed during the recession. <laughs> and Kathleen's like, you know, if you hadn't gone so hard after me, just imagine how different your life would be right now. We would have, we'd still have this store. <laughs> yeah. So, um, wait, what were we? What were we speaking about? Oh yeah, the recasting. We yeah. yeah. Oh, recasting. <laughs> okay. I think we've maybe spent 10 minutes actually talking about um, this movie. I think it's it's okay. I think it'll be refreshing. Um um yeah, so in terms of like cuz we were recasting Tom Hanks, um the ma- the sale the male centric figure. How would you we I don't know, how would you describe the men that are portrayed in this movie? I mean, there's a there's not many. Yeah. How many men are there? There's like four? there's well, Joe, yeah, you have Frank, Joe, his father, George, grandfather, yeah. George, Frank. Yeah. Yeah, like at least. Oh, and the best friend, um, Dave, Dave Chappelle's character. character. Dave Chappelle, yeah. Oh yeah, Dave Chappelle. So that's Dave six Chappelle. right there. He makes like oh two. He appears like twice or something. Yeah. He's like barely in it. He's yeah. barely. He's barely yeah, in it, but barely, he seems that's the hard. Word, yeah. I'm so, yeah. When he's describing Kathleen, like, she's very yeah. pretty. And if you don't like Kathleen, <laughs> Kelly, you're not going to like this. Yeah. I, I just love Dave Chappelle. But I, I think that the, that the men in this movie are, are shown as so much more powerful and in control of their lives than the women are. Mm. Because you have, you know, for example, mm. when you're comparing... Um, um, Christina and George, the two employees at the bookstore, Christina is, you know, she's a student and she's very, you know, kind of melodramatic and, you know, she's, everything is just like, oh, gee, kind of thing. And George, yeah, he, he's a total bubblehead. You don't know what's going on there, but he has mm-hmm. this rent control department and he has, you know, savings and, and he has like a lot of stuff together. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you, you look at all of the the men in the movie and all of Joe's 
all the men in Joe's family are incredibly successful and and rich, and they each have their own little yacht. Um, That was really cute, actually. I thought that was adorable. Right? Like, (laughs) Fox 3 and Fox 2. Imagine how Um, big Fox 1 is. I know, right? (laughs) They didn't have the budget. They they blew their budget on computer graphics. Yeah. Couldn't get Fox 1. Right. And Um, the books. Brenda, yeah. no, you can't rent that one. No, we can't have a fox we one. We need boundaries. It's Draw the line. It's a sixty. Yeah. It's a sixty foot yacht. <laughs> yes, um, but yeah. So they're all very put together, very in control of themselves. Even Frank mm. is who is just the most pompous, annoying person. Is very much in control of of his life, um, and yeah. whereas Kathleen is you know starry-eyed and dreamy um like i said about christina also you you have birdie who is you know yeah she's loaded and everything which we don't find out until towards the end <laughs> she was in love with Jen- and she's like the, the maternal figure in spain or something right yeah um but <laughs> but she's also very caught up in like the the romance and everything it, it, it's it's not the same uh patricia mm. p- played by posey parker posey mm. it's just dreadful and um airheaded um and then who else jillian mm. is the stepmother she mm. ends up leaving carla's answering two questions for somebody else <laughs> No, it's oh, fine. I'm sorry. Teasing. No, no, no. It's just I'm no. Just it's fine. I just always will. I love you <laughs> naturally, <laughs> but it, it's just like that contrast in the way that that the men and women of the film are presented. That that yeah. always kind of strikes me, and it, it's it's just mm-hmm. such a trope in mm-hmm. movies that, particularly in rom coms, that the women are, you know, flighty and and they're they're not sure what they want, and they're you know they mm-hmm. they, they they dress in all of these loose things that are just flowy and they have the, the mannerisms that are just very cutesy and, and all of that um, and yeah. the men are solid and that's kind of I'm, the depictions that you get I'm going to disagree with you ever so slightly in this because I think the men are portrayed to be in good financial situations but their lives mm. their personal lives are not put together Yeah, um, I think it also shows like Hello, uh, white cis het male privilege in action. Like George, yeah. Yeah. who basically works part time yeah. in an indie bookshop, who can't be paying him more than like $10 an hour, let's be honest. And $10 an hour in 1998 is mm. a bit more than mm. it is now. But it's still not. This is New York City. Yeah. Of so, course, like, yeah. yeah, he has four. Can you imagine six rooms in New York City <laughs> for four fifty a month? Like, I know. Like yeah, I would like gloat too. I would gloat like I'm I wouldn't even yeah. I wouldn't even apologize <laughs> for it. Um but you look at even Joe's family, like yeah, financially they're very well set. Personally, they're just they're not. They don't have healthy relationships. They have a bit of a hell, a kind of healthy-ish relationship within the three of them, mm. but their relationships, like all the wives or the girlfriends that they have, and it's kind of implied, right? But but 
the way that it's presented is that their relationships are a bit of a mess because of the women. I see, and I I saw it as these guys like because the really we don't see much about Joe's grandfather. We just know that he has like an eight year old daughter. Which okay, Charlie Chaplin, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, for all we know, for all we know, Joe's grandfather is in a loving relationship with Annabelle's mother because we never see we never see that one mm-hmm. way or another. Yeah. Um, Joe's dad is a mess, and I think he's also portrayed as a mess. Like he talks about, like he marries these women, but yeah. he doesn't have any concept yeah. of loving them or caring about them he just doesn't want to be alone right but there aren't any real consequences for him either because it's not right. like he doesn't seem to be any but poorer fe- financially right because it. he doesn't love these people that he's that he's having anything to do with and honestly I feel like Jillian was silly from not marrying him first and just not signing, not signing the prenup that said with the adultery clause, and then running away and taking half his money. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like, and I, but I and I also understand where you're coming from because I do think the men are more are portrayed to be more kind of put together. Frank is honestly just an insufferable, smarmy asshole, um, and I don't really want to. <laughs> Only Greg Kinnear could have played yeah, this and, part. Yeah, but even Greg Kinnear can't make him any more charming. And Greg Kinnear As, is yeah, exactly. incredibly charming mm. and lovely and wonderful. And he could mm. not make this character work. Which Frank is I not. I am none of those things. Um, <laughs> I just... I think what we don't see, and obviously this is a, an hour and a half, two hour movie, so you're mm. not going to see a lot of emotional and character growth from other characters... We see Joe grow, and that's the person yeah. that's important mm. for us to see grow. Mm. And who knows? Maybe after this yeah. movie ends, you know, the the movie ends, we see him his good influence. Mm. But I'm not going to hold George's rent controlled apartment against him because yeah. I cannot think of a single person. I can't think of a single person who would ball who would be like, no, don't give me this rent controlled apartment. In right. Manhattan for four fifty <laughs> six rooms. I'm like, how? I would marry. I would marry that man. Hand. You work yeah. in retail. I don't care. I will marry you. I'm here for the real 450, estate. Four fifty. Four fifty a month. You can yeah, afford to work here, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think. Yeah, like, all in one go. Yeah. Amazing. Again, we're we efficient. It's a snowball we just from one place to another right? thing. <laughs> no, we love it. Um, I think. Yeah, again, I I would agree with both of you. I think, like, I totally see Carla's side as well in terms of the like the men. Again, for me, it's like the men. Ex- with the exception of George, like represent mm-hmm. the whole corporate world and like mm-hmm. this whole kind of corporate greed in terms of like taking over these like small independent bookstores and stuff like that. And and I like obviously like in in the I think in the beginning I feel like Joe mm-hmm. is oh, kind yeah. of like an ass. Like mm-hmm. you are kind of yeah. you're sick of him. Um, but I do like I really like the change and um, the kind of 
evolution that like that plays till the end of the movie like when he does acquire the small business he's not like no 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 he's mm. actually there like as a friend like goes and like is is there for her um and i think that major shift in in um in character i think really does like make me mm-hmm. want to champion for them as a couple um because he's not stuck in his ways and and throughout this journey he's like realized where she will also kind of fit into his life and how he needs to change mm-hmm. for her to fit into his life um so yeah i think like like i i don't know if the men like in are kind of stronger or like weaker i'm not sure there is a there is like a I think definite kind of I, term um i i just think like there are different types in terms of like you see the grandfather and father who are like basically mm. treat women as like they mm-hmm. they're disposed right. and like yeah. bring younger women in and like basically the first joke that we hear is like him laughing about um his net worth after his like mm. yeah. after his dad's wedding yeah. and like after mm-hmm. she decorates his office um so yeah like you do have those men as well but i think with especially like tom hanks's character I really did I did like the change like that we mentioned like before as well like how he does like kind of move from this like business mogul who's like wanting to take over the block mm-hmm. and then goes and um is like really empathetic and really understanding of this like of the sentiment between between the woman that he loves and like her situation well, I think that was really important um and I yeah again I don't know if one is one is one sex is I think, weaker or like I don't know I think it's, the it's show weird. the movie kind of plays very much into the Mars and Venus kind of mm. broad brush things because mm. we talk because mm. the the main theme or whatever it seems of the movie is it's not personal it's business mm-hmm. and the men are portrayed as being rational yeah. black and white like mm-hmm. business related um, idea about the numbers mm. and being able to compartmentalize their emotions from mm. business. And the women are seen as yeah. like the personal side where Kathleen's attachment to her mm. store isn't necessarily a financial one, it's an emotional one. And it's, and when I think it's best encapsulated when Kathleen, when, well, Joe says to Kathleen, it wasn't personal. Mm. And Kathleen's like, I hate when people say that. Yeah. That only mm-hmm. means it wasn't personal to, to you. you. Yeah. It's, and yeah, I feel like that's yeah. really but also, how it plays. That's amazing. Yeah. But also the, the the change in Joe, yeah, it, it's big if you consider beginning to end, but I think that it was smartly done in a gradual, yes. Yes. very organic mm. way. Because if it yeah. had been, I mean, there are so many movies where the the guy starts out being the total jerk and then he becomes like this fluffy, flowery cupcake in the end and it, it just doesn't really yeah. make sense it's like how do you go through that transition that doesn't you know like is that even going to hold up yeah and the reason that this feels more solid as a transition is that he um the changes mm-hmm. feel very real they feel very mm. um very much like like something that you yeah. can actually see happening in a person mm-hmm. and yeah in the story they extend it over a, a good long period of time and it's not like like he starts out kicking puppies mm-hmm. and ends up giving away his fortune to you know like yeah yeah you know to a shelter or something. He just realistically starts yeah. out being kind of douchey, but a good family mm-hmm. man, and ends up 
realizing that not everything that business isn't yeah. everything well and and honestly i'm not gonna lie yeah. i'm glad that we never really show him actively going after the shop around the corner like to purposely put mm, yeah. them out of business oh that would but i'm so also really really glad they didn't show him being like well like trying to coddle her and mm. infantilizing her and her business yeah. at the mm-hmm. same time because yeah. to him it really was not personal yeah to to him yeah. it was just business but mm, that more speaks yeah. to the environment that he was raised in like his grandfather started this mm-hmm. business so he doesn't mm-hmm. know anything other than what he's been taught and he's been groomed to take this company over mm. and foresee its downfall yeah. in the great recession yeah. of 2000 <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Hindsight, uh, Joe Fox. Invest in Amazon. I think I just want to add a point to the whole personal and business side. Like, I think another thing that's just really interesting is their partners are like kind of, um, per- like, I feel like Joe's, the, is, is it fiance mm-hmm. or girlfriend, I think? She's very like business girlfriend she's very business oriented and it doesn't work out and i feel like that's also like a signifier of like he now needs to like or he needs to go for someone that is a little bit sentimental Mm -hmm. and doesn't think you know doesn't have that business is everything mindset and i think vice versa in terms of frank as well frank is a bit too passionate about Mm -hmm. things that are going on around the world and like in terms of especially technology he's just too passionate and even when he goes even luddites call frank extreme um, a bit much (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly like whoa dude maybe chill we like we like indoor plumbing and yeah Let's not go too far. He's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, I think even like, and then I think at that point, she also realizes like that, like sh- she's, well, she's not really in love with him, but she is with someone that um, kind of like takes everything to her. And maybe that isn't a good fit for her. And what, why I think part of it is like, she might, she falls in love with this person um, who basically mm. like projects mm-hmm. the opposite mm-hmm. kind of attitude. Well, and it's, I don't know if it's that makes kind sense, of looking I into. I think both of them. You can have an argument of they start off the movie with who they're quote unquote supposed to be with, who they think they're supposed supposed to be with. Mm. Joe in the beginning of the movie is right on track to follow into his father mm. and grandfather's footsteps of superficial, meaningless relationships. Yeah. Um, Kathleen is in a relationship that is just comfortable. Yeah. We don't we don't see any passion necessarily, mm. but they're both who they fe- the, these characters yeah. feel like they should be with. You know, I feel like Joe views Patricia mm. as a good first wife. Mm. Like, right? Yeah. She'll right. she'll train him yeah. up for his next wife <laughs> after taking a bunch of his money. <laughs> um, and Kathleen yeah. just really feels like as. And I was telling Carla, like, how ironic that Kathleen, Little Miss Support Independent Shops and Stores, goes to Starbucks <laughs> to get her coffee. Right? Yes. And I was like, they hit. In New well, York, there's, like, there's like a coffee yeah. shop yeah. on like, every single street. On every, like, she's probably <laughs> to go to Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. She's walking to Starbucks. Like. Kathleen, you hypocrite. Um, 
No, no joy and frights for me today. <laughs> but but yeah, they're all kind of past to be their most extreme versions of themselves mm. at the beginning of the movie, I feel like. And mm-hmm. they're with people that they feel like society, society sounds kind of dumb to say, but who they feel like they quote unquote should be with based on who they are. Mm-hmm. And yeah. by the end of the movie, they realize you want to be with someone who compliments you, not someone who is exactly like you or has the same level of uh, drive as you. Mm. Um, another favorite line is that Patricia makes coffee mm-hmm. nervous. <laughs> because that line yeah. encapsulates who Patricia yeah. is entirely. And that's not yeah, to say yeah. 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 And she's that's not to say she's poorly written because she's not a great person, but she's an interesting character and she is a character I wouldn't mind knowing more. And I don't know how much of that is how much I love yeah. her proposing. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm. But I feel yeah. like Nora Ephron does a good job writing women. Um, just to add, just just a little bit, just add in a little bit, because I think you've covered most of most things for the portrayal of men and women. For, for the men, I did like that bond between the dad and the granddad and um, Joe. I like that kind of brotherhood. And then I like the sisterhood between mm-hmm. Kathleen and then her, um, her friend from the store and obviously her mum's old friend as well. So I love that. And I actually, so... You've got the you've got the men who basically symbolize like patriarchy and their corporate, you know, go, um, they have like corporate businesses, and you've got that. It's almost like the the one every man that follows is a mirror image of the man that came before him. So you've got Joe's mm-hmm. dad, who's a reflection of his dad, mm-hmm. and basically they're similar in even how they handle their relationships, yeah. and it's being passed on to Joe, and yeah. he obviously cuts off that cycle. And I lo- and what I loved about him was he's he's the only character that kind of owns his he he holds himself accountable, and actually sees yeah. that okay, I do need to make some changes, and I loved that transition for him. And then we've yeah. got um, Kathleen, who I. There's a line, there's yeah. a really powerful line. I can't remember what it says, but it's something along the lines of she's talking to him, they're yeah. chatting, and then she says, I don't know if um, I just kind of, my life just kind of fell into this because she is, she's talking about the bookshop and she says, I don't. Right. Oh, and she's like, so much of my life reminds me of something scenes I read in, in a, a book. book. When it shouldn't it be the, the something around. when it shouldn't it be the other way around? I think it, it was something like that, I think. Mm-hmm. Basically saying I don't know if I fell into this life or if I didn't I should have made a life for myself, but mm. basically the bookstore mm-hmm. was basically conve- a convenience. That's kind of how it went. And I love that there's a point where she, once she gives up she does have to give up the bookstore. She decides to mm-hmm. then pursue her own career as a writer. Yeah. And I really love that. It's, mm-hmm. it's almost as if she's had that transitional moment of yeah. not going that, not feeling sorry for herself, but just deciding that, you know what, I'm going to go on my, regardless yeah. of my age or my business failing, I'm still going to do my thing. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. I love, yeah. I love that she doesn't wobble mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. what happened. I love that they made a conscious effort to not just, not have Joe offer her a mm. job, but to make a point that he would never offer her a job because it would be insulting. Mm-hmm. I I love that. I think that 
a lot of the kind of misogyny that we see in this and a lot of the patriarchy we see aside, it's a fairly progressive movie when you look at yeah. it mm-hmm. in the 1998 yeah. lens. Um, mm-hmm. Kathleen is, is is up until this big box store comes and puts her out of business, which is a commentary on what was happening constantly, mm-hmm. not just in New York City, but all over the country, where big box stores come in and, and relentlessly put mom yeah, and shop yeah. Uh, mom and pop shops out of business um but she was successful what she does mm-hmm. she questioned how she got to be there and whether or not this that was successful i feel like all these characters all these yeah. characters i feel like joe and kathleen are really fully rounded out mm-hmm. characters we see i agree a lot of their faults and foibles mm-hmm. and we see a lot of yeah. their good points and i and i really liked the fact that joe would yeah insult her by yeah. offering her a job and i like yeah, the fact true. that she lost her store she was able to reflect on is this something mm-hmm. that i even wanted or is this just something that i grew yeah. up with knowing that this yeah. was gonna happen and that's something that could be said for both of them yeah. right true yeah. Yeah, like both true. of them, both of them are raised to believe that this was their mm. legacy and this is what they're they're carrying on. And I love that Kathleen was able to find her own legacy yeah. because you know the book she wrote, yeah. you know it's yeah. going to be a successful mm-hmm. book. You, there's no doubt in your yeah. mind that she will become a best-selling yeah. children's author by the end of it, and she's not going to depend on Joe or his mm. money to support her, so it doesn't feel like she's quote unquote crossing enemy mm-hmm. lines. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but that's why I think that the writing for the for this movie was so good because it really accounts mm-hmm. for all of these things that yeah. you know if somebody wanted to poke a hole in in that and like okay well she ends up with this wealthy guy who put her out of business mm-hmm. and seems to be okay with it well yeah but it's more like, more like she ends up with yeah. this guy who was her best friend before mm-hmm. she knew, yeah before they knew who each other were yeah and yeah. she's standing on her own two feet. Yeah, yeah. Doing something that she loves and, and it's going to be very good at. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just I think that that it was just so well thought out in in ways that you know like yeah. she doesn't need mm-hmm. him. Right. She wants yeah. him. Right. But she yeah. will be fine yeah. without him, and I think mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Yeah. Especially for 1998. Yeah. Which, yeah. Honestly, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's the year of. No, it's not the year of Titanic. <laughs> okay. Is it time for ratings? It's time for ratings. So, ladies, out of five, what would you rate this movie? And why? It's hard not to give it a five just because it is one of mm. my personal favorite rom-coms of all time and mm-hmm. it 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 just it holds up really well for me mm-hmm. <laughs> like i said you know if, mm-hmm. I, if I came into it and watch it now um but i i, I just I, I think it's kind of one of those timeless movies in part because the the way that the soundtrack gels with the action on the screen the interactions between the characters mm-hmm. are so just you know perfect and they flow so so well and um, the romance factor is sky high, and it's just beautiful. Yeah. And I just I, there's so much yeah. about it that that I love. Um, so yeah, I, it, it's hard. Like 
maybe it should be fair and give it a four and a half, but I just feel like it's just round up and give it a five because you know yeah oh i'm generous that makes me feel so much better about myself i was originally thinking maybe four and a half um but i i tried to watch this today through 2021 lens meg Mm. yeah because nostalgia Mm -hmm. does get in my way sometimes when it comes to being able to do things objectively there are a lot of movies that I've been yeah. able to watch that I'm like, this is really messed up. Mm. Um, but mm-hmm. I think this movie, not even just for me, I think it holds up. I think the intentions of of Joe, who is the one that we'd be kind of concerned about being a creep, I think his intentions are pure. Mm-hmm. I don't get any like super creeper vibes. He's definitely not Joe from you. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, no. He's, no. He, he's a good guy in he grows to be a really good guy. I think he starts out being an okay mm-hmm. guy. Um but he emotionally really grows. And I yeah, I'm I'm gonna have to give it five too. And I feel really kind of lame giving it five stars because I'm like I just no, love this rom-com no. and I feel like I'm I feel like yeah. maybe I'm not viewing it critically enough but I think we've really talked a I lot don't care. I think we've talked a but I think we've talked <laughs> you know, a lot like, about I, I think this we've movie. been critical we've been fair we've yeah. talked we a lot about it. Yeah. it thoroughly it's amazing and really, like put there, all the parts yeah. on the table and yeah. yet there is a reason up. there is a reason that this movie mm-hmm. has been made over and over and over and over again for almost True. the story yeah. for almost a hundred years. There's a reason it yeah. feels like That's a true. timeless yeah. story of just mm-hmm. giving it's about second chances and it's about living past yeah. your first impressions of somebody. Like if we're looking at it that mm-hmm. deeply, Joe is his own Cicero. If we're going to bring it to Shakespeare, yeah. man, yeah. <laughs> might as well go all the way, go all the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is deep literature, guys. Yeah. <laughs> this is where our degrees come in. in, in exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. So I, okay. I'm, I'm going to go slightly lower. I will give it a four. However, I think it's the most generous one I've given since we started. Mm, I, think I, it, think so. I think it's my most generous. Yeah. So that's wonderful thing. <laughs> um, Bell's and- like, you guys did not let me talk this <laughs> entire the- time. Now <laughs> I have my time. <laughs> I'm going to tell you everything I think. It's my I'll time to shine. <laughs> She's like, I'm holding my microphone. I'm going to put all of you on mute. And yet Meg is still talking. We could do a spotlight. Yeah, and yet I'm still yeah. talking. <laughs> oh my god. But no, okay. I give I give it a four out of five, four out of five, because I thought it was a very good screenplay, very well written. Yeah. Um, and I thought it wasn't your typical rom com, and I love the twist that she finds out that it's Joe that she's been messaging this whole time. Yeah. And I'm done. And see. Wow, time. You know, Belle. Cut. You should really try it and 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 keep your comments to a minute. Just. <laughs> Yeah, I think she's spoken just, enough for this just, episode. Yeah. You need to turn it down. Back. 
exactly. And one word you. sentences. One word sentences. Now. I have the worst person I know. Yes. No. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> um, I would give it a four point five. It's not mm-hmm. like, I mean, I love this movie. Again, this is why I picked it like for our like special edition month. Um, but yeah, I I just love like everything Nora Ephron mm-hmm. does. I love her screenplays. I love her work. Um, and yeah, I think like we are really critical of it. it is there are some obvious um, points of like, I don't even know, discussion or like just points mm. of like c- confusion for me. Um, but I, I think it primarily, I think overall, it's just like, it is a good hearty, like heartwarming movie at the end of the day and it's um it basically like plays its purpose and Mm -hmm. it's yeah it's Mm -hmm. literally telling you what it's doing what it's telling you um um they're obviously like we you know the characters are a bit um iffy at times but i really just love how how like how the story is so gradual um it's slow paced but it's also like I think it's also giving you what you need. It's kind of really engaging you with both of these characters um, to the point where we can talk about it, you know, so extensively. Um, but yeah, I think this is one of my favorites and I, I, I think that's why I would just give it a 4.5. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't it's know why it loses the half mark. I think it's because of Joe. Someone, but Tom somehow, Hanks, I feel like Tom Hanks just makes up for the Jonas. I feel like I'm honest. Yeah. I can't lie. Yeah, I love if, Tom if Hanks. If we're not Tom yeah. Hanks, I feel like my feelings about this movie Very would be different. much, much different. Because I'm trying Very to think. Different. I'm. Yeah. I've been trying mm. this whole time to think of an actor in that time. In that time. Oh my god. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Back in the old days. I feel so days. old. Um, but from 20 plus years ago, who could mm. pull this role off and not come off as being really creepy and threatening and scary? Yeah. I thought about Richard Gere. Uh, I don't think so. No. He barely, no? he barely no. comes off. He, You're all giving me he barely comes no. off as not creepy in Pretty Woman. Yeah. Because mm, yes. pre- like that's that's why I think he I don't I don't think he could do it. Yeah. I, I cannot think. Honestly, I think the combination of Tom Hanks and Reg- Meg Ryan. We're we're to the end of it. So, ladies, if you mm. could let our listeners know where they can find your lovely podcast. Yes, thank Instagram, you. Mm-hmm. We'll put it down thank in the link below. But... We are the hosts yeah. of Bed Wet or Behead. You can find us wherever you get perfect, wonderful podcasts about deep subjects and analysis um you can also primarily <laughs> yes of course. as you've witnessed and say yeah the same podcast that will give you building a wall out of studs so your husbands can peg themselves yes. on dildos yes that, like that that's refined, a conversation we actually that have is re- refined goods right I there mean. and you can find us primarily on social media through twitter and that would be at bed wet behead pod um, we're also mm. on Instagram. Bet that wet that behead. Thank you so much for being Facebook on this episode. We really, really appreciate faces. it. It was so much fun. My cheeks hurt from laughing yeah, so much. <laughs> like, I need to stop laughing because I'm my cheeks well, really thank hurt you for right inviting now. Us. Um, 
but thank you so much it was thank you oh, you're no, welcome. it was amazing um yeah you guys did more research than yeah you did. Um, we feel out-researched <laughs> we feel like uh, we're on your podcast which has never happened <laughs> yeah exactly um, now but here's the but, important yeah. question are we the longest episode you guys have had? Oh, yes. Yeah. I just looked. Yeah. We're closing oh my in gosh, on three yes, hours. Yes, yes, you are. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. Yes, yes you are. Yeah. Well, let's see what ends up on the edge. Exactly. <laughs> Fee, Fee is just like, I need so many beers to be able to go through editing I need, this. I need to be like drunk when I'm editing this. Like, I, I need to be belligerent when I'm editing this. The first episode um, that just has the word edit weirdly dispersed throughout it because he was just like I the don't whole care. Track. Yeah, I think I'm just gonna upload the whole track. Let it out I, into I the mean, wild. Why not? If you want to Why do, not? Go for it. Like, I'm not editing anything out. Good luck. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, but thank you so much. Um, you can always find us at Flick Talk Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can email us at Flick Talk Pod um, Podcast, the number one at gmail.com. No hate comments or something. Not, no hate email. You'll get blocked. Um, you'll get blocked. JK. Um, <laughs> um, be sure to. Go. <laughs> thank you, Carla. <laughs> Be sure to check out um, Bed, Wed or Behead podcast. Mm. Uh, we will obviously leave all the links down below. And thank you once again to Carla and Meg for gracing us with their presence on this episode. Um, I think that's it. Belle, any, any part? In no, that's it. I think we've covered everything. Yeah. Stay safe. Take care, everyone. And we'll see you next week. See you next week take, with another episode. Yep. Take care. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.